within the legal industry, it's a thirst for good content that is going to help them be better at their profession, smarter, more efficient, and, and more effective. And it's delivered in a way that they can you know, consume it whenever they want. Today on Law Next, it's our 50th episode. And how better to market than by taking a look at the state of podcasting in the legal industry. And how better to do that than with the two guests we have with us today, Adam Cameras, CEO of the Legal Talk Network, and Lawrence Coletti, its executive producer. This is Bob Ambrogi, and you're listening to Law Next, the podcast that features the innovators and entrepreneurs who are driving what's next in law. We'll get to today's interview in just a moment. But first, let's hear from the sponsors who generously support Law Next. ShareFile is a secure, easy-to-use collaboration and workflow solution that has helped more than 90,000 customers secure data, share files, and collaborate on documents. With ShareFile for Legal, you can eliminate the never-ending speed bumps during client collaboration, giving your clients one tool to onboard, sign retainers, and share requested documents. It can also be easily integrated with popular workplace tools like Google Workspace, Salesforce, QuickBooks, Zapier, and more, bringing even more ease to the client experience. To learn more about how ShareFile for Legal can help you keep work flowing, go to sharefile.com. And now, on to this week's interview. Well, Adam, uh, Adam and Lawrence, I'm really thrilled to have you guys on the show. Thrilled to be here, Bob. This, this is going to be a tough one because I've, I've got two people on the show who, who know more about podcasting than I do. Well, thank, thanks for having so, us on, though. It's a real privilege to be on with you on your show. Yeah, well, it's really exciting for me. I mean, uh, as you guys well know, I've, I've spent an awful long time as part of the Legal Talk Network and uh, uh, really have a lot of respect for what you guys do and what you guys have built there. Uh, and that's kind of where I wanted to start, uh, Adam. I mean, you, you've you been in the legal industry for a long time, but uh, in 2013, your company, Logical, acquired the Legal Talk Network. Uh, and uh, 2013 wasn't all that long ago, but in the world of podcasts, it was kind of a while ago. I and mean, podcasts were nowhere near as big or as popular as they are now. So I'm, I'm wondering what, what got you interested in this market and in, in the Legal Talk Network? Yeah, uh, thanks, Bob, and uh, it's it's an honor to be here, and uh, very exciting that you are fifty episodes in on your new show, Law Next, and very very exciting. And uh, you were actually the answer to that question is you were one of the reasons uh, that that got us interested in that show, and uh, seeing all the incredible hosts uh, and guests that were part of Legal Talk Network, starting back in two thousand five. Uh, when Luann Reeb, who was the founder of it, uh, she had this vision of creating a channel and an incredible pioneer in vision of creating this channel where creating content lawyers really wanted to to listen to. And her her mission was high quality legal education bundled with high quality production. And my uh, I shouldn't say my our interest in it really started when I was a kid and I didn't really realize it as it was sitting in the backseat of my parents' car listening to AM talk radio uh, and AM news uh, and listening to what was being created there uh, and later on in my career, audiobooks 
and the convenience of the consumption of that audiobook in terms of the how and where you can listen to it and we definitely didn't have uh, the we, we were not clairvoyant in term of in terms of the you know, where the industry was going we just thought that it was really interesting what she had created and we just thought as a medium this was very powerful and very engaging and you know couple that with the notion that lawyers live in a billable hour world and at that time most of them did and still i guess at this time most of them still do although that's changing uh, and if yeah <laughs> and uh if you respect your time uh, and care about your time and your billing based on your time you should be listening to on-demand audio because you can do it. You can listen to it while you're doing all these other things like commuting or exercising or walking the dog or chores around the house or, you know, to put you to, you know, take your mind off of things or to put you to sleep uh, at, at night. Uh, and, you know, and, and that was the drive. We just saw something that was really interesting. It was a powerful medium. It was beneficial for uh, uh, what we were doing. And it just seemed like the perfect fit for legal professionals. Yeah, but I mean, you are a businessman. I mean, did you see it as having business potential or did you see it as something that'd be fun to get into as, I don't know, a hobby or something? Yeah, it, it's, uh, we definitely didn't look at it as a hobby. We, we definitely saw a business side of it, but when we acquired the network, we also, and you know, I don't know how much background we need to go into the other side of our business at Logical, but we've always invested in, in, in education and trust uh, and holding legal professionals' hands as they embrace change. And this seemed like a logical fit. When we acquired the network, and still this day, we don't have anybody in sales or biz dev, uh, and that is by choice. And we focused on creating content. Our mission is creating content that lawyers want to listen to. And every decision that we make at the company is about creating that content that, that they're going to want. So... Um, we know that there was a there's a meaningful business opportunity here however because we funded this and gave ourselves enough runway uh from the other side of our business you know we don't have investors or anyone else to answer to that's forcing us to make money or do things that might uh interfere with the integrity and the trust of 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 the content and the the podcast that we're producing uh, but we know that that down the road as we can build a really engaged audience from a business perspective, that's very valuable. And Lawrence, you were uh, you were a lawyer. You had an MBA as well. You were practicing law, uh, doing some consulting. I know you've you've had a long time interest in in the web and and uh, internet. Uh, but I think if if I'm right, you came to the Legal Talk Network with no podcasting experience per se. So what what did you see? What what interested you about coming into this job? Well, uh, I think it was a, a culmination of just a lot of different interests, you know, uh, similar to Adam, you know, I grew up listening to talk radio with my dad in the car and, uh, you know, we drive around and I learned a lot, uh, you know, listening to the radio. I love sports talk radio and that kind of thing. And, and I think also I had a curiosity just about audio in general. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I remember some friends and I, we, we made a movie and we created a soundboard with uh, parts that we went down to Ace Hardware and and soldered together. So I'd always had kind of a, just an interest in how it worked. And, uh, you know, uh, I found Legal Talk Network during the recession. It was uh, kind of make or break time for me. And, and uh, I had a New Year's resolution to try new things and branch out beyond the law. And uh, it was one of the first 
uh, one of the first um, you know job applications that I saw kind of post that resolution. And I clicked on it and I started checking the boxes. It seemed like something I could do. And and you know, I just I uh, I reached out to uh, to Legal Talk Network, and the rest has just kind of been you know history. It's been uh, just, and I always say this, but uh, you know, I've, I really enjoy what we do. And you know, every day, even during the challenges, uh, you know, I just uh, I wake up with a big stupid grin on my face, um, <laughs> ready to embrace the world. I just I love what we do, creating content and helping professionals be better professionals. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a more fun job you could have. But <laughs> and by the way, I was just going to throw out that that Lawrence, uh, for those that don't know him, listening to this, I mean, he is a Navy SEAL of podcasting or Army Ranger, whoever is the most hardcore. <laughs> I call the Ever Ready Bunny of podcasting, uh, but I, I mean, he is a force to be reckoned with. He is incredible when, uh, in terms of his passion and how hard he works, uh, and uh, his commitment to to creating great content for legal professionals. So what, so since you founded this and, and, uh, it's been six years now that you've been in this, um, Adam, how's, how has podcasting changed within the legal industry? I mean, we, we've obviously we've seen it take off, but I mean, what, what have you observed in terms of how this has grown? Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because we had some interesting, uh, shifts in terms of what we thought we were acquiring in terms of what we actually did. And this was not any doing uh, by uh, Luann, who we acquired this from. Uh, but when we acquired the network, we thought we had a few hundred thousand listeners uh, and an audience. And then uh, shortly after we acquired the network, some new platforms came out that allowed you to give some better metrics. Uh, and that number of downloads was actually significantly less than that. It was, uh, I want to say, more like 20-odd thousand uh, downloads and uh, is, is what we were actually getting. Uh, and so uh, to answer that question, I mean, the, the audience has, has grown. And just not only in podcasting uh, a, a, as a whole, and I can give you some of that data, and just U.S. consumption of podcasts, I want to say... Uh, in 2013, 12% of the U.S. were listening, uh, you know, 12% of the people in the U.S. were listening to podcasts on a monthly basis. In 2019, uh, that's 32%. Uh, that's, you know, approximately 90 million people on a monthly basis are, are tuning in. Uh, and by the way, that's data from a study by the Infinite Dial from Medicine Research and Triton Digital. And that is just parallel to, you know, what's changed is the audience has grown. Uh, and a driver of that is that supercomputer that everyone has sitting in their pocket or in their purse. Uh, and the fact that they're always connected to the internet and the fact that these devices are now Bluetooth enabled to their uh, headphones and to their cars. Uh, but I think it's also within the legal industry, it's a thirst for good content that is gonna help them be better at their profession smarter, more efficient, and, and more effective. And it's delivered in a way that they can you know, consume it whenever they want. And what about in the legal industry? I mean, you talked about penetration in the market at large. What do you think uh, is happening in the legal industry in terms of listening to podcasts? Uh, it's obviously growing. I mean, last month we had over 300,000 unique downloads uh, across our network. And, and the, you know, that just continues to grow. Uh, as far as the, you know, across the board, we don't have access to that data. I would presume we probably have, uh, you know, more consumption than, than anyone else. Uh, 
uh, in the industry, if I had to guess. Uh, but we don't know a- across the industry, but we know not only from the data, but also just from our t- time on the road where we have people coming up to us and saying uh, how much they love that episode or how helpful that was. Or, and, and our hosts also have this notion, which, Bob, I'm sure you probably get all the time, is people probably come up to you. And, and you've shared some of those stories, which you probably share about the random places people have heard your voice, but our hosts are getting these emails that are really heartwarming and thankful and appreciative about that they're listening to these shows and, and how they've changed their life or how they've helped them. Yeah. I don't know, just 300,000. I, I, I think I, I got to check law next, but I think we're well beyond that at this point. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Um, uh, no, we do have funny stories, and I, I know I know Lawrence has certainly heard a lot of them. But more from my lawyer to lawyer days with, with Craig Williams, because uh, I, I think one of the one of the best was pretty pretty early on when, when Craig was off like in a bar in Australia or something, and some guy came up to him and recognized him from uh, from lawyer to lawyer, uh, and uh, you know it, it it it's a real indication of 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 the reach of these things. Um, you know, Lawrence, I mean, it, it, one of the things, I mean, Adam just alluded to it, but one of the things you guys have done is is bring podcasting on site in, in the form of uh, setting up your recording booth at legal conferences all over the all over the country and uh, recording your on the road series. Uh, how did that come about? Well, uh, you know, I'm sure Adam will have uh, a little bit to say about this because, you know, we often travel in tandem, but uh you know, we uh, we use a platform when we're out there. It's called, or our show platform is called On the Road Today, but it's gone through uh, evolution over over time. And originally, it started with uh, Luann uh, Reeb, who who did a uh, you know kind of it didn't even really have a, an official name at the time. It was still being developed, but she one of her first interview was with Bill Gates, senior, of course, father of uh, Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft, and it went through several. Uh, innovations afterwards became video with uh, longtime producer Kate Nutting, who still works for the network, but was yeah. Legal Talk Network's original producer. She did short videos uh, from Legal yeah. Tech New York, and uh, eventually we Lewin got did, back. Lewin to did that. a bunch with F. Lee Bailey too. I remember way back when. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, they they still have that. Uh, we still yeah. that that is still available in our archives. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, no, went through several uh, you know renditions, and eventually kind of got back to uh, audio format, and uh, we we reengaged it in uh, two thousand. And 14, uh, we returned to conference. Went to uh, Maslow Map had a, uh, I think it was called their Super Marketing Conference, and we had uh, some of our hosts, uh, Jared, and uh, it was Jared Korea and Heidi Alexander hosting an event there at Suffolk Law School, and that was kind of our reintroduction back to it. And then uh, Adam and I went off on our own, uh, did Legal Tech West Coast, kind of uh, staying in that tradition of Legal Tech, and we've just, you know, after that, we decided there was something to that, and we kind of took the show on the road, so to speak. And that's been, I think that's been pretty well received. I mean, it, it's it's always fun to see you guys at conferences and, and uh, it, it's always kind of a hub of activity. Uh, I mean, I imagine, I mean, I, I know I did a few of those uh, with you uh, in the early days and well, I still do a few of them occasionally, but uh, it, 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 I think when you first started doing that on a regular basis, people would kind of walk by and kind of look over their shoulder at you like, what, what the hell are these people doing here? Right. <laughs> Uh, and it seems like now everybody knows what's going on and everybody wants to be part of it. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's interesting, Bob. I mean, actually, those were some of my favorite episodes and then the ones that I share the most were some interviews that you did 
with others uh, from on the road, just because you asked such great questions and really got deep into the personalities and the bi biographies of them and what was happening with their company or organization. But I think with these, and, and yeah, I, I, we're definitely getting more known and, and more recognized. In the earlier days, yes, we had a springboard from when we acquired the network, but we just decided that relationships are cultivated in person. <laughs> Uh, and this is really hard to do remotely and people want to work with those that they know. And so we just jumped on the plane and started going and showing up and donating, uh, a lot of the production, which, which we still do today for a number of organizations, especially for access to justice and pro bono and things that we just think need to get out there, whether a budget is there or not, you know, we'll just get on the plane and go and fund, uh, all of that production. Uh, but it it certainly got a lot easier over time in the validation, not only of them seeing us and seeing the the effort and the quality of the production that we do, but also the the data. I mean, you know, these episodes are sometimes getting thousands of downloads, uh, and we'll record a bunch of them on location, and so they're reaching. The, firstly, it's it's this notion: you go to a conference, you can't, depending on what it is, you can't attend every session. And so shedding some light on some of those topics that were covered and potentially deep diving on them as well, but also we call it conference FOMO. You know, the, these are the great topics that were covered here and this is what you missed out on and look how great it was. So you should probably be here next year whenever the, whenever this comes up again. But it was, it's a win-win because we've got a bunch of experts that are there uh, in one room and you know, we want to take the what's what's in their head and share it with the great, greater legal community. So it, it works and that's why we were just willing to get up and go and do it and didn't matter if we generated revenue, we just wanted to add value. We'll get back to my interview in just a moment, but first let's take a break to hear from the sponsors who generously support Law Next. And now let's continue this week's interview. You know, we, we've alluded to this idea that, that podcasting has, has grown phenomenally in popularity over the last couple of years, especially over the last six years since you guys have been in it. I, why do you think that is? What, what, I mean, particularly in the legal field, why do you think it is that legal professionals have become so interested in podcasting? Adam, I'll you, listening to them or creating them? Well, I, well, we can break it down. I mean, it, it, it's it's the two sides, but uh, but but generally, uh, you know, let, let's let's talk sort of generally because I think it's it's both sides right now uh, apply. Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, it's it is funny how many lawyers are now starting, not just lawyers, legal professionals of all kinds are now starting podcasts. Uh, right. You know that that it used to be uh, somewhat few and far between that that would right. happen. Uh, and listenership has also skyrocketed. So I mean, there's just sort of across the across the board interest in this. And, and uh, you know, let let let's start with sort of the big picture, and then maybe break it down a little bit more. But why do you think the interest has soared, Lawrence? You want to take the first stab at that? Oh, sure, sure. So I, you know, I think, um, you know, I think uh, Bob, just in general, people are more aware of what podcasting is. And so, you know, I think to that, uh, you know, I like to credit Serial for a little bit of that. And it's like, to be honest, the first time I've been in the right place at the right time for my career. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Serial really put, you know, podcasting on the map. And, you know, other hosts like Mark Marin and Adam Carolla have put a real popular, uh, you know, popular voice to it. And so I think that that's 
been part of it. But I think, you know, another key part of it is infrastructure. And so, you know, uh, as mobile devices, you know, your cell phone, your tablet have gotten more advanced and broadband has become incredibly accessible, that high speed Internet that was required to do a lot of this has made this uh, a lot easier to consume, you know, the awareness and the ability. And then you're seeing, you know, products like cars and home theater, you know, catch up with that. And you're able to connect with your mobile device via Bluetooth. And people are taking this content, this on-demand content with them everywhere, whether it's a drive, it's on their commute. I see everybody like in New York on AirPods listening to whatever it is that they're listening to, but it's that consumption is made so easy. And so I just think uh, that infrastructure was real important to making this popular and building the awareness. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Adam, I, I'd be interested to hear what uh, you know what you have to say on that. I know you've got some ideas, but uh, you know, for me, it was uh, serial and, uh, and the infrastructure. Yeah, I, I think those are definitely important drivers. And I tell, this was now over a year ago that my mom came to me and said, you know, oh, sweetie, I have these podcast recommendations for you. <laughs> uh, and I sort of flipped out because I'm used to a manila folder or a magazine or newspaper article, you know, organized and folded. And it's becoming mainstream. And I think specifically with regards to the legal industry is... I think that they're frustrated with the caliber of content that they've been getting. And they know that there is good stuff out there uh, in the mainstream world that's engaging and powerful and creating what are called these driveway moments where you know, you're listening to this on your way home. And, and it's so good that you don't want to go inside because you want to hang on to the next word or you know, the next portion of the story. And um, personally, I think that there's a void in the market for good content that's not an infomercial or where they feel like they're just getting stuff, you know, shoved down their, you know, shoved down their throats of things that maybe are helpful or not helpful. And this medium provides a a platform where they can get really good, really helpful, very specific content when they want it. And I don't really know many other channels within legal that can deliver it in the way that this does. So I think that's one of the biggest drivers is that they see the value and the benefit of the content that they truly want. And then they can listen to it or consume it however and whenever, wherever they want to. Yeah, I think that last point is really important. Uh, I think that's why podcasting has kind of overtaken video for lawyers. I mean, a lot of lawyers were making videos for a while and you're not seeing that as much. But the great thing about podcasting is lawyers are busy and uh, they only have windows of time to do certain things. And podcasting fits into the, you know, fits into whatever their schedule is. Uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we're exercising or uh, driving in our cars. That's, that, as a matter of fact, that's probably the most common comment I get. People will say to me, oh, I always listen to you while I'm commuting to work. Right. Or if I have a long drive, I'll load up a few of your podcasts. I think, boy, that's going to be a boring drive. But good for them for doing that. I appreciate it. Well, um, well here, here's, the, here's the crazy <laughs> thing in my mind is my home and my office are very close together. And there are so many podcasts that I want to listen to that I'm considering moving my home or my office to have a longer commute. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, come to Boston, Adam. Maybe I'll give you a nice drive, a uh, nice long drive. What does your mother listen to? Uh, she Her first recommendation was Malcolm Gladwell's show. Mm. Uh, uh, the title of it is escaping me right now. 
Revisionist Lawrence. history? Revisionist history. Yes, right, thank yeah. you. Revisionist history. That was, that was the first recommendation that she gave me. Yeah. Um, outside of, obviously, every episode of what's on the Legal Talk Network. Yeah. He's, had, Mom, he's actually Mom, had a few listening. interesting episodes lately focused on law-related uh, stuff, yes. including one in which he took the LSAT. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really funny uh, episode to listen to. Yeah, and a- actually, uh, uh, Bill Henderson, uh, you know, certainly yeah, right. you know, guest on Legal Talk Network and a former guest of yours, uh, was, was, was part of that episode. Was part of that episode, right. Uh, so, Lawrence, uh, I'm a lawyer, and I'm thinking I want to start a podcast. And uh, <laughs> what advice do you give me? Uh, well, you know, uh, so we get approached by this all the time. It's a question that comes up. You know, we get uh, emails, we'll run to people at conferences, and, and it's becoming a more and more common question, which is good. And so I think I kind of divide this into the why, the what, the who. And so I think the most important thing for me anyway, um, evaluating these opportunities is why are you doing this? And so, you know, I think if someone is just looking for a simple way to self-promote, you know, themselves or their firm, I don't think that lands with the audience, especially today. You know, the audience is becoming much more selective in what they're listening to in that last little space of free time that they have. And so I think, no, why, why you're doing it? Are you, are you doing it to educate people? Are you doing it because you're passionate about something? You know, and I, I think that that lends well, and that kind of gets into the, to the what part. And so what do you want to talk about? You know, and we recommend, you know, obviously people respond to expertise, but it's not just being an expert in something. Are you passionate about it? Are you interested in it? And, uh, you know, I think when people are interested in it, it, it comes off really well. I went to a podcasting conference and, and uh, one of the guys that I was talking to there had a spearfishing uh, podcast here in San Diego. And I don't know anything about spearfishing, but this guy was so all about it that I got interested in it just because it's infectious, you know. And I think that that really resonates with the audience, you know, and that gets into the who. Uh, the who part of that is, you know, like, who are you talking to? And I think with like lawyers, you know, who are you making this podcast for is a very important question. Are you making it for your clients? Are you are you making it for the profession? You know, are you making this uh, for the general public? And all of those are, you know, a little bit different uh, when it comes to the messaging. And I, and I think that that's one of the things that's very important uh, when considering whether or not you want to build a podcast. But I think one of the other things we recommend is take your time, you know, do it right. And uh, unless you're making some type of seasonal podcast where you're going to do season one and everyone's going to binge listen to it, uh, we recommend monthly as a starting place and be consistent in that. And so, you know, plan it out and, uh, you know, make sure that you can deliver it on time all the time and, and, and plan to stick with it a while. It takes time to, to build an audience. And so that's what we tell people when they call us. And, and uh, you know, I think that that holds true even today. Uh, you know, monthly is kind of the minimal frequency that uh, you should launch a podcast with. Adam, anything to add to that? You're in, any, what's your advice to somebody who's considering this? Well, I, I can tell you how a number of the conversations end uh, that we have with them. <laughs> how did they uh, end? Uh, and that is a really candid, you shouldn't do this. And you know, we definitely, and just to add to what Lauren said is, if you're doing this for the right reasons, you truly want to, uh, you, you have expertise uh, and you want to share that, or you want to bring on really interesting guests, uh, and you want to share that for the right reasons. We get a lot of them of, you know, uh, I, I, I like talking, and uh, I, uh, I want to share, you know, what I do. Uh, or, you know, something, that, as I mentioned, the infomercial earlier, that just is, it's not going to be really engaging. And the reality of it is, as you know, is this is really hard to do, 
uh, especially without the support of a network or professionals. And even if you have it, it's still really hard to build an audience. Uh, and it takes time. And this is not a, uh, uh, well, here's the, the, you know, the misunderstanding is everyone, you know, oh, I have a smartphone. Of course I can do this. Or, you know, I have audio recording. You know, why can't I do this? And it's just like everybody has a, a camera on their phone now that they think that they're Annie Leibovitz or, you know, a professional photographer. Uh, and it's just not the case. This is, you have to be really, really strategic, really thoughtful, uh, and really uh, uh, in, intentional about your uh, approach to this. So um, that's the direction. That's how a lot of these convert, that's, that's how a lot of these conversations end is that, uh, you know, you can do this, is this the best use of your resources? Because to do this properly, it's expensive. Um, to do this effectively, it's going to take time. Uh, and you know, if you're just trying to get more clients, depending on the practice area, um, it's unlikely that your clients are going to be tuning in to, to listen to this. Unless, like I said, you got really strategic about making content for your prospective clients. And you know, perfect example of that is uh, you're a family lawyer and you bring on, um, you know, psychiatrists uh, and experts to talk about the divorce process or the separation process or the co-parenting or parallel parenting process. And you bring on these thought leaders that can really help you navigate that process and give, give you some information and potentially build trust in advance of them either engaging your help um, because that would be a differentiator. But again, that's a big time commitment to do that. And maybe uh, your your resources are better spent elsewhere. But sorry, that was just an example. You didn't ask that question, but I thought I'd give one. No, that, that no, that's a that's a good example. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting because I have uh, well, I I say it, but I've I've heard a few that uh, they they probably should have asked you first before they started it because <laughs> they're they're a little clumsy uh, sometimes. Uh, there are some you listen to, you can tell they're just kind of sitting there reading questions or, uh, you know, I mean that kind of raises the question of, of what about the format? I mean, there there are I know just on the Legal Talk Network there are some uh, podcasts that are interviews uh, such as Lawyer to Lawyer, uh, where there's a guest on talking about issues in the news. There are others where the, the hosts are, are kind of just talking to each other, uh, mm -hmm. like Dennis Kennedy and Tom Miles podcast, for example. And then there are some of you, you guys have started getting into some more highly produced ones as well. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I, we, we really roll up our sleeves. And, and even when somebody has the budget to bring us on, we will still only do that if we think it is aligned and we think that there is the chance of building an engaged audience. So if they come to us, they've got the money, it's an organization, uh, they want to do this, we will still say no if, it's, if we don't think that we can build a big and engaged audience with it. And, and by the way, we've also had organizations come to us and ask our hosts to endorse a product and want to write some big checks to that. And there's no amount of money that they can come offer us to, to get them to do that. Just nothing will interfere with the integrity of the trust. And that's also why I've been really slow to bring on biz dev and sales and a, and a monetization strategy. You know, we like generating revenue. We definitely make re generate revenue. 
Um, but that's not the focus. The focus is in the quality of, of the content. So now, I, would you I think, forward those emails to lawnext.com? It's, it's, <laughs> we know you we know you are <laughs> of the same thought uh, as well, Bob. So, so Adam, is there a particular format that you tend to recommend or encourage people to look at? Uh, again, it all depends on who they are and, and that partner and what they, they want to share. Uh, we are, we definitely like the interview style, uh, and it's definitely been beneficial and definitely worked and we get really good feedback on this. Although we are certainly pushing the limits on that and, you know, what some of these bigger, more mainstream produced shows are doing. And there's one show in particular that was Lawrence Coletti's baby. Uh, and, uh, it's called make no law. And he pushed for this for a while and, you know, we were just, uh, intertwined with, with uh, you know other other shows uh, and other projects that we're working on, and he finally just said we have to do this, and so he got the green light, uh, and that's a show where it's we are retelling the story of material First Amendment uh, Supreme Court cases, and there is there is um, voice acting, as Lawrence likes to call it, our community theater. There's narration, uh, there's storytelling. We're getting OEA sound bites. All of the music is originally scored uh, in our studio by our team and the sound effects in the background. And the product of that, and it's hosted by a guy, a, a lawyer, a criminal lawyer here in Los Angeles by the name of Ken White, who has also got a really large following. And the byproduct of that is a Pull really down. good, interesting show that people love. Um, that said, that's not for everyone, and the production value of that is, is not there. And there's just sometimes some people just want the facts; they just want the information from the most person, the most qualified person that can give that to them. And as long as you're not screwing up the audio, uh, which is really easy to do in terms of the sounds and the compression and the levels, you know, you're not turning it up and turning it down. It doesn't sound like the person is you know 50 stories below in a echo chamber. Um, that format works as well if you've got if you've got that that content that is helpful. Lawrence, you may have some other thoughts on this. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I enjoy all of our formats. You know, I think we're probably the most known for the interview format. Uh, you know, one of the great things about the uh, the interview format is that you know it, it's not always dependent entirely on the host to carry the show, and so. Um, although it may be uh, somewhat at times challenging to always schedule a guest uh, at a time that works for them, you know, that content comes off really nice, that conversation, people really respond to that. And, uh, you know, in terms of growing at the scalability, you know, you've got a guest that comes on, they're absolutely willing to help you promote it. And so you've got someone else that's self-interested that'll help you promote it. And uh, you know, I think it's got like a networking, it's got definitely got a networking component to it. You know, we, we have certainly opened up some doors and business opportunities from people that we've interviewed and it's a shared experience. And, and, I don't think we've ever had a complaint after an interview. Someone said, oh, that was just terrible. I'm never doing podcasting again. Generally speaking, people say that was fun. They enjoyed it. And uh, now you've got the shared experience that you can connect about. So I think interview format's great for that. Um, you know, in terms of getting stuff off the ground, I think the solo host or the multi-host, like you're talking about uh, there, uh, Bob, with uh, Dennis and Tom, you know, they talk with each other and that, you know, that show, uh, they have a great time, but that's a lot of pressure to carry an entire show, a 30, 40 minute episode, but they, they love it. Uh, they don't have to schedule with anybody. And so they completely own the content of that. 
And, you know, I do, we are really uh, turning a page here at Legal Talk Network, um, you know, doing the narrative and storytelling. And I absolutely love that. I have to say, it's probably some of my favorite producer moments is that one, you know, when we're working on Popat, that three hour deep dive, I go find this specific Kennedy quote, you know, from one of the presidential libraries or find just the perfect bomb whistle, you know, for the F-bomb, you know, it just had to be just right. It took me hours to find, but uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And obviously the investment of that is is tremendous, but there's great reward with that. You know, we get a lot of compliments for it, but uh, like Adam was saying, it's not always for everybody. You have to kind of figure out what you like, what's sustainable for you, you know, um, and what your personality lends to. I think I was even one of the uh, voice actors on one of the early episodes <laughs> of that. So that, that can be a challenge to my listeners just to go out and listen to all those shows and find my voice on the, <laughs> I'm not even sure which one it was. I'll see uh, if I can find that. Uh, I'll find it for you. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say, how you say that people have never, you know, kind of complained uh, after being guests on a podcast. I mean, again, I remember the <laughs> kind of the early days of doing this. And so I think a lot of people had no idea they were even on a podcast. I mean, I think they thought this was some kind of a radio program that was being broadcast. Uh, you know, especially I remember our first one way back when where we had the ABA president on. He was very gracious in coming on, but I'm sure he had absolutely no idea what was going on uh, during that recording. Uh, but what about that? What, what about people who may, they, maybe they don't want to start a podcast, but they want to be a guest on a podcast? How, do, how, does, a, how does a lawyer do that? Lawrence well, they can, can contact help. us and uh, make a good, uh, good pitch. And, you know, we've actually uh, we do present to this uh, at different conferences. What's a good pitch? And so, you know, uh, you know, contact us, you know, contact our producers. And, and uh, you know, if, especially if, uh, you want to have like a subject in mind uh, that you want to talk about. But it, it really uh, pays off to you know, uh, marry that up with a show that we produce and tell us why you're a good guest. And if you've had some media, uh, you know, if you had some media appearances, you know, definitely include that and, uh, you know, you know, share with us your social following. And so probably the most ideal guest, obviously want the the best expert we can get uh, in a topic that we regularly cover. And if you have a great social media presence, that's tremendous. If you have authorship behind you, I recommend people start with writing. I know Kevin O'Keefe, uh, a mutual friend of ours, is you know big into blogging. And that, I, that carries through if you want to start doing um, additional types of media presence. When you're established as an expert through writing, believe me, because we look for them, uh, especially with Lawyer to Lawyer, as you know, Kate Nutting and I have reached out and tried to find the best experts for you for you all over uh, over the course of years. We look to their writing. Uh, we look to their media appearances and see how comfortable they are, what they sound like. Um, you know, how do they come off? And so the 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 less questions we have to ask, uh, the better off it is. So if you're interested in making media appearances, you know, I recommend you write uh, a blog and that's something easy enough to do. Uh, try to reach out. I think the hardest, you know, the hardest aspect of that is getting started. But each and every time you do it, it gets easier to do. And, and just make sure to share it with, uh, you know, with the, with the program that you're trying to reach out to. So Adam, with all this interest in podcasting and so many people starting podcasts and listening to podcasts, what 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 do you think this this field, this market, is headed over the next few years? And do you have any concerns that we're going to kind of reach a saturation point and the market gets too crowded? It's a great question, and there's always the risk and the concern of saturation. However, I believe in the you know, the free market and the foam rises to the top. And I, there's always going to be, I shouldn't say always, because I think we'll probably get to the point where uh, we'll just be able to, uh, you know, cue a topic and that will automatically be implanted in our brain uh, or it may already be there. Maybe I'm going off too far in the future here. <laughs> uh, 
I, there, there's. I think I saw a statistic. There's something like seven hundred thousand podcasts out there right now, uh, which and you know, and that's going to continue to grow. And I, I think we're going to see, and and that's one of the reasons why we try to be really candid and direct. And I don't want to, I don't want to be uh, Debbie Downer here. Firms and organizations and thought leaders that you know truly are committed to. Uh, yeah, to thought leadership and education, they should start them and they should do it in the right way. So I, I want to be really clear. There's lots of lots of reasons to start it. Although, uh, again, we we get a lot of them that they sh they shouldn't. Um, it's there. There's a real opportunity and there's a couple elements behind that. It's it's uh, you know the shifting workforce in in legal the the billable you know the question of the you know the future of the billable hour i think that there's a there are a lot of topics that should be covered and as a medium uh, as people get more and more exposed to it you know we 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 look at podcasting as the 15 year overnight success and we're <laughs> let's yeah. call it we're here on year 13 or 14, you know, if we're lucky, there is a long way to go just in terms of the convenience. It still is not that easy to listen to a podcast. I mean, yeah, you can go to you know, a website and click on the play, but you know, to, to get that on your phone, there's still a lot of lawyers and legal professionals out there that don't know that if they have an iPhone, there is a built-in podcast app that you can't get rid of. Uh, and if you have CarPlay in your in your car, that you know, there's a reason why that podcast app is there. And again, you can't get rid of it. So there's there's a lot of new listeners that we have, and and I think I believe I could be wrong, but as the industry gets a little bit more comfortable with the notion of it changing, which it's one of the last industries that has yet to fully change, um, there they they will embrace these uh, a medium like this to get their information because of the convenience of it. So I think long answer to your question, obviously, is uh, there's a lot more consumption. Our bullseye is we want 50% of the U.S. legal market tuning in on a monthly basis. That's the you know, sort of every decision that we think about in terms of you know, how do we get to that. Uh, and and we've still got some distance. There's 1.3 million lawyers, uh, a tremendous amount of legal support, and and law students as well that are coming into the profession. Uh, there 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 will be a, a many years of an opportunity for those that you know want great content, helpful, whenever they want it. And so, obviously, we're biased, but we're very bullish on on the future. And I, I think saturation will happen. However, the best shows will still be there uh, and still be front and center. Lawrence, you've uh, listened to a whole bunch of podcasts uh, sitting there in the uh, on the recording side and and as a host as well. Uh, any any really embarrassing or funny or crazy things that have happened over the years? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I don't know about it. Excluding me, of course. <laughs> oh, no, never, never. But uh, no, you know, we, we've seen a lot. Uh, we've traveled a lot of different cities and we've certainly had a good time. You know, we, uh, Adam and I kind of have a little joke, you know, hashtag adventures in podcasting. <laughs> and uh, it really is an adventure. You know, you're coming in at weird hours and you got to be ready to go for a show. You're packing tons of gear. Uh, I get uh, routinely heavily searched at the airport for the amount of metal <laughs> I carry through the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the x-ray machines but uh you know I, it's it's always it's always interesting you know we've met uh 
fantastic people. You know, we've met uh, Senator Lindsey Graham was on with a lot of students. Uh, you know, we've met, all, you know, we keep meeting the the new leadership of the American Bar Association, the presidents of, of Bar Association around the country. But, you know, there are definitely things that uh, happen that are unplanned. I think one of my favorite ones that I, I, I've, uh, I laugh about a lot is in the middle of a uh, conversation uh, during the recording. It's clear that we're recording. Everyone's engaged. I've got headphones on. It's pretty obvious what we're doing. And still people walk into the show and ask us what we're doing right on one of the microphones. It happens <laughs> all the time. You know, that's a uh, Pretty funny, but uh, but I think if I had to pick one moment uh, that was just uh, absolutely hilarious to me and caught me completely off guard, it uh, with the GC of LegalZoom, Chaz Rampathal, came over to one of our beer for bloggers, and we were asking him a series of uh, what we were hoping would be like in a professional way, an uncomfortable question. He uh, gets on and starts singing a song by Bon Jovi. I've I've never <laughs> recovered from that. It was absolutely tremendous. <laughs> was that who's your tech show crush? Was that that one? It may have been, yeah, it may have been, and uh, I think you won that one, Bob. I think you won the. Uh, uh, we did a little study on that, and uh, you got the most nominations for tech show crush. Oh, great! And on top of that, there have been and not just a beer for bloggers, but that's been a question that that we've asked. You know, what would make this conference experience the best? And your name, like getting to me, Bob Ambrogi, has come up a lot in that question. Well, like I say, I'm I, you know I can be bought. Go ahead, send send the checks. And you can, you can, uh, <laughs> I'm registered. At Bank. So I'm going to sell my autograph at the. Um, yeah. Where are you? I'm registered at Bank of America. You know, feel free to. <laughs> no, I can't be bought, and I'm glad you guys can't be either. Hey, I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to celebrate my 50th episode uh, by by joining me today. It's really been a lot of fun talking to you. It was an honor to be here, Bob. Likewise, thank you very much for including us. Congratulations. Love that uh, you're in this medium continued and uh, you will continue to to just share uh, and and add value to those listeners that, that 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 are out there. So thank you for thinking of us for this one and really excited to love the show and really excited to to see it continue to go. Yeah, and Bob, uh, next time, uh, can you ask your producer, next time he's in San Diego, we can get uh, Taco Tuesday? <laughs> Taco Tuesday with my producer, Ben Ambrogi. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've been talking with Adam Cameras, the CEO, and Lawrence Coletti, the executive producer of the Legal Talk Network. Another uh, big thanks to My Case, our sponsor of our show with thousands of customers as a trusted practice management solution helping lawyers across the country run organized, efficient, and successful law firms. Find them at mycase.com. And a big thanks to that, to my producer, Ben Ambrogi, uh, even when it's not Taco Tuesday for producing and editing the show. That's it for this week. This is Bob Ambrogi. All right, guys. All right, I am starting my recording. See, that's why you keep me off. Starting sorry, your recording? <laughs> You're starting yeah, your recording? Uh, sorry, stopping my recording. Oh. <laughs> this, this, this is why no, I no, do not get... No, now is when you stop. <laughs> oh, that's how this works. <laughs>